wonder if I could ask a question, and, and uh, I don't put, put it on the spot, but if you, are, if you sense you are thinking differently over these past six weeks, could you raise your hand? Could I see people who are thinking differently? That's awesome, thank you. The reason I raised it, this week I had a number of situations where people came to see me, and the situations around uh, possibility of a sexual affair, uh, the possibility of uh, some abuse in a home, just some very difficult situations. And all the stories said that we have been changing in how we think. We've been changing how we think. And the changing how we think is affecting how we live. Um, I need to use careful language here, but um, someone came to me and said I wanted to, uh, I'll just use the word kill. He used a different word. I want to kill my desires. I said, why do you want to kill your desires? He said, so many of my desires are taking me to places where I am not thinking about what is true, where I'm not thinking about what is noble where I'm not thinking about what is right or pure or lovely or admirable. He said, I'm trying to learn and choose to think differently. So at the last service, I, I didn't even plan on this, but can I have slide number 11? If I was going to give you my sermon on a slide, this is the bottom part of this slide. What I'm hoping to share again, as I have for the previous weeks, is... Whatever is excellent, and the word I'm going to define it as outstanding goodness, how do we it happen? We learn and choose to trust Jesus. We learn and choose to imitate because we so trust him. Out of the place of trust, we, out of love and obedience, we just respond as he would have us. Out of that, we are open to transformations of our head and our heart and we're living from the mind of Christ. That's what I'm trying to say in the next few minutes. May I have the, the diagram, please? Is that Cassie back there? This is the series picture that we've been using. And what I'm inviting us into is to think about developing the mind of Christ. And I'm going to spend a few minutes in chapter 4, verses 8 and 9, then I'm going to go back to chapter 2, verses 1 through 11. But I'm just here it is again. Whatever is true, whatever is noble, Whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely and admirable, excellent and, tr and trustable, praiseworthy, think about such things. Not just think, we want to ponder, we're going to practice. Um, Cassie, you might have slide um, six, please. This is the sequencing I've tried to use every week. We want to think about these things. But remember now the word think is to be very intentional. So let me, let me give you an example of what I'm talking about here. So blank screen, think, ponder, practice, promise. So about eight years ago when I was 60, our, our children gave me, for my birthday, they gave me a, a month of flying lessons. So I, I was able to learn to fly. And I, when I would, our son Caleb was with me and he sat with me in the, in the plane. And as we did some things and the, the teacher said to me, go ahead and try some things, I was just pouring down sweat. Because I didn't realize how easy it is to crash an airplane. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you wreckers know. 
So I'm, I'm coming in, you know, and, and, and then I, I found all during the month, I just kept thinking. I kept thinking about all these things they're telling me. I gotta watch all these gauges and look at the four windows and I gotta, and, and I think, and, and, and then I gotta, I gotta okay, well, ponder it, and, and I had to quit. You know why? A number of reasons, but here's the primary one. That's all I could think about. I couldn't do my job. Because all I wanted to do was think about how to fly a plane. That's what he says. Think about these things. Do you think about the things of Jesus like that? Like, I don't want to crash the plane. So I got to think how to do this. He's saying, think about what? Back to this picture, Cassie. Think about these things. So I'll give you an example. This is with permission. A woman who about eight, eight weeks ago came to see me when the series started just said, I want you to help me. I said, help, tell me. She said, I spend six to seven hours a day on Facebook. And it, it is just creating, I'm becoming a really, really yucky person. I am mad at my wife, husband. I'm crabby with my kids. I'm looking at other women who are doing things. I'm not, they're not be sexist here at all. It's wrecking me. So what, what should I do? They're Dingamans. Can I express sympathy to you, Dingamans, in the loss of your son? The Jeremy Dina's son was killed in a car accident on Saturday morning. Just want to express, let's pray for him. Lord, we pray for the Dinghamans and pray for them in this season of grief. We pray that you would be present to them in ways only you can. You'd minister comfort in the ways only you can. Pray especially for mom, for Dina. Pray for the whole family. And pray that you release the healing power of your Holy Spirit into their family, into their lives. We command young Dan to you and to your care. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, a teachable moment. I was not planning to say anything to the Dinghamans. I did not know about Dan's death until right before the last service. I see Dan, I see uh, Jeremy, I hear about Dan, and what just happened naturally was prayer. I didn't plan that. Don't become a better Christian. Be a woman or a man or a boy or a girl who is deeply embedded in the love of Jesus. As you live from that place of love, what just emerges, what just comes naturally is joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and faithfulness. It just comes out of you because you are, your life is hid with Christ in God. You have the mind of Christ in new birth and you're living from that. So, sympathy to all of you. Did I just make sense? See, what, what you, you, let me stay with this. You, you cannot depend on me or any other preacher or any other author. Or, you have to depend on Jesus. Right? We need a relationship with Jesus. We live in the presence of Jesus, in the power of the Spirit, the presence of the Spirit. 
as his life is lived in us and from us, then what begins to come out of us is the way Jesus thinks. It's the way Jesus feels. It's the way Jesus acts. It just, I did this last service. Let me do it again. I want you to think about how natural it is to, to be to what Jesus. So imagine now we're back in the crucifixion. Imagine, just pretend I'm Jesus for a minute here. So pretend I am Jesus on the cross. Okay, now change the imagery. You, I, are on the cross. If we were on the cross, we, we are buck naked. We are soiling ourselves. We are bleeding everywhere. We are asphyxiating, trying to get our breath, and we're being humiliated by the crowds. What would you say to the crowds of people who are laughing at you and mocking you as you were dying? What would you say? This is what I would probably say. I got 10,000 angels. You're all going to die. That's probably what I would say. What did Jesus say? Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Now listen to this. The most unnatural thing for Jesus to say was, you all go to hell. And the most natural thing for him to say was, Father, forgive them. When we are embedded in the life of Jesus, he lives his life naturally through us. Through us. So as we think about these things, we are enhancing, strengthening the mind of Christ so that how we live is like Jesus would. But a disciple of Jesus, a disciple of Jesus is someone who says what Jesus said, who does what Jesus did, who thinks what Jesus thought as though Jesus were living his life in you. And the scripture says he is. You have been given at new birth the mind of Christ. How do we develop the mind of Christ? We think about these things. So now let's go now to excellence. So chapter 4, Philippians chapter 4, verses 8 and 9. These are the verses we've been reading over and over again. I'm going to go farther, a little farther after verse 10. So for chapter 4, verse 8. So St. Paul writes, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Like I thought about learning to fly an airplane. Think, 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 Think about these things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. So think about things is the first suggestion. No, it's actually a command. Put into practice is the second. And notice the God of peace will be with you. So verse 7, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And do you remember what I said about five weeks ago about that? Look up for a second. 
He'll guard your hearts and mind in Christ Jesus. So let me use an easy example. Let's just, let's just use, let me just use me and porn. You and whatever sin you want to choose. It says, present your request to God and the peace of God will come and guard my heart. If I'm watching porn all the time, how much peace will I experience in my heart? Will God just say, because I'm watching porn, but I'm a child of the king, I'm just engaged in porn, will he give me the mind of Christ, the peace of Christ? So I got to watch a fine line here. On the one hand, remember a couple weeks ago, the father runs over to the son, who the prodigal son, and gives him a great big hug? Yes, that's true. But the, but the peace of Christ is different from, from the acceptance of Christ. And if, if I continue to choose to live sinfully, choosing to live sinfully, can I expect, can you expect to experience the peace of Christ? Yes or no? So then we wonder, why, why do I have no peace? Go back to the picture. Why do I have no peace? Because I'm, I'm kind, of, kind, of, kind of doing these things. Think about these things. Focus on these things. Think. Okay, I got porn. I've got Jesus. So I met with someone this week, a man this week, about, about porn. And I, and I said to him, he, he, in the conversation, so we talk about, let me just talk about porn because I'm down the road over here. Here we go. You don't stop using porn, men and women, boys and girls, by just saying, I gotta stop using porn. Oh, I hate it when I do it, I just beat one. You know how you stop using porn? Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. How do we overcome our besetting sin, whatever it is? We have to have higher affections. It's not just willpower. I gotta, I gotta become a better Christian. No, you don't. Don't become a better Christian. Become someone who's in love with Jesus and receiving the love of Jesus. And then you won't watch porn or whatever the sin is because you're so enamored by who Jesus is and his beautiful. We sing the great I am. Really, you really think that's true? You, sing, you mean that song? When the great I am shows up, what's your response gonna be? You want to watch porn with me? You want to do my sin with me? We're going to be so enamored with Jesus. And now, now, now you can develop the mind of Christ. How? Think about what is true and noble. And all of a sudden, our affections start to change. And relationships begin to change. And perspective begins to change. Well, let me just now, I'm jumping right ahead, but let me go. Slide seven. Could, 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 let me stop. Neighborhood conversation, if you'd be willing. Here, here we go. Here's, here, here's my question and my, the caveats below it. So if you're open, if you're willing, could we take like three or four minutes to talk? Here's the question. Could it be that my perspective drives my def definition of excellence? I didn't explain what excellent was. Cassie, may I have slide number um, three? Whatever is excellent, the Greek word is there. It means moral excellence, virtue, and perfection. But I'm going to use the word outstanding goodness. Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is pure, whatever is right, 
whatever is admirable, whatever is outstanding goodness, think, ponder about that. Okay, so end that, back to slide seven. So could it be, this is the conversation question, could it be that my perspective drives my personal definition of excellence? So for, for many of us, so I, I want to be an excellent pastor. I want to be an excellent husband. I want to be an excellent father. There, there's a goodness in that, yeah? We all want, we want to be excellent. But what we're talking about here is something more than just what I or you achieve and become and are. What we're focusing on, there's Dana. I'll give you a hug, honey. This is Dana, and her son died in a car accident at 3 o'clock yesterday morning. We pray for Dana and for Jeremy and for their family. And we pray that even as my arms are physically wrapped around her, that your arms be wrapped around their family. And you would hold them close. And you'd offer hope for the future, resurrection hope. So we entrust Dan's life to you, his eternal life to you, and this mom whose heart is broken. And we pray for the healing power of your Holy Spirit to be given to her Jeremy and their family. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. The tissues for you, honey. Here. Thanks for, thanks for opening your heart to us. It's pretty courageous, eh? Coming to worship today. I had to come. You had to come, yep. So after the service, we'll, we'll have you gather over here and we'll pray over you, okay, honey? Okay, okay. Here, here. Yeah. So let's come back to our picture again before we go to the small group picture. Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever admirable, excellent, praiseworthy, Jesus raises dead people to new life. That's good news. Amen? So after the service, we're going to have the uh, Dingamans come here and we'll pray over them. Thank you, Jeremy Dina. Can I go back to slide number 11, please? So I wonder if we could just take a, I'm sorry, wrong one, uh, seven. Could you take a few minutes, if you would, two or three, if you're comfortable? Just talk about this. Could, my, could it be that my perspective drives my definition of excellence? Outstanding goodness. And what I'm asking you to consider is, am I thinking with a temporary or an eternal perspective? So right now, with the Dingamans, I'm asking us to have an eternal perspective. So what is excellent, outstanding goodness when the son is dead? What do we think about? What do you think about in a hard moment of great pain transition? So could you just take two or three minutes? Could it be that thinking temporary 
is different than thinking eternal, and how does that affect your definition of excellence? So on your marks, get set, talk. Two or three minutes, please go. Okay, thank you so much. So let, let me tell you where this question comes from. Uh, I have the, the privilege of, of being involved with some people who, who it looks like have a, a, a shortened length of life before them, and we're having conversations. And it's really interesting, when you know you're gonna die, when you know, now we all say we know we're gonna die. But when you know, apart from a miracle, you will die soon, the conversations change, yes? So all of a sudden, temporary things don't really matter very much. What matters are eternal things. So I wonder if the reason we can be so focused on the, quote, excellent things of this life is we're thinking, all I have to get is right now because it's all I have. So may I push? I don't know if most of us, some of us, understand the goodness of what is coming. When Jesus brings heaven to earth, it's gonna be the best day you've had forever, forever. And everyone, I want you to think about this. There'll be people from every nation, language, tribe, and tongue. Can you imagine that on, on this new heaven and new earth? And everyone's gonna look the way they did with whatever skin color and background. They will speak their own language, just stay with me. And you will know and be known by everyone. And the love of Jesus will permeate everything. And when you close your eyes to this life, remember the analogy I use? You pick up a grandchild from one room and you carry her into the other room. That's what it's be like when you die. Let me stay with you, stay with me. Listen to this sentence. I believe you will not know when you die. As a child does not understand how she comes from the floor to a bed in the next room, when you close your eyes here and you, quote, open your eyes there, you have no idea how, when, where it happened. You transition from this life to the next. So what's eternal life? I'm quoting Jesus, John 17, 3. This is eternal life, that you will know God the Father and Jesus whom he has sent. That's eternal life. That means you have eternal life right now. We can stay with me. Each one of us is an eternal being. What did Jesus say? Anyone who lives and believes in me will never die. And anyone who lives and believes in me will live forever. What's, what's the primary word St. Paul uses for death? What did Jesus say? He's asleep. We will transition from this life to that. Now back to the picture. That's what's true. This is what's noble. This is right and pure and lovely and admirable and excellent. This is utmost goodness. 
That is what we're being offered. Think about these things. Now go back to chapter Philippians chapter 2. Let me take you back to Philippians 2. We'll look at verses 1 through 6 or so. So I want you to look at what it means if you, if you are so embedded in a life with Jesus. So St. Paul writing to the same people says in chapter 2 verse 1, Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete. Now, think about this. By being like-minded with whom? The people you live with. Your brothers and sisters in Christ. Your closest people. Have the same love for whom? the people closest in your life. Being one in spirit and of one mind, with whom? The people that you are closest to. With those people, verse 3, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, with those people in humility, value those other people better than yourselves. Don't look to your own interest, to the interests of others. And then verse 5, in your relationship with each other, have the same mind as Christ Jesus. Okay, back to the picture again. So what I'm trying to ask you to consider is, as you think about these things, focus, focus, ponder, practice. As you think about that, you put them into practice, you start to develop increasingly the mind of Christ. Again, I, 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 I'm going to use the, mo the tender moment with the dingamans. I'm, I'm trying to illustrate this now. I did not act ministerially there. I didn't say I need to act a certain way to show you I'm a good pastor of the Dinghamans. It just came out of me. It just came out because I love the Dinghamans. I'd have to think, what do I do here now? No. Now take that and apply it to your life. As you are deeply embedded in relationship with Jesus, he lives his life from us. He lives his life through us. And you naturally do what Jesus would do. But you have to think on these things. Facebook, Snapchat, and whatever, they are not going to, generally, you're probably not going to go down the road of the mind of Christ. Is that fair? You could, but it's more difficult. Slides eight and nine, Cassie, and then we're going to close this up. So if we want to look for ultimate goodness, the pursuit of ultimate goodness, excellence, should be biblically grounded. So the, the, some people this week who were thinking about some illicit sexual things said the reason they have not is for a period of weeks now, they have been thinking about biblical things. So the pursuit, the pursuit of the utmost goodness has to be biblically grounded. And this is my concern, again, gently spoken. We need to know the words of Jesus. We need to know the words. So whether you hear them, you read them, you watch them, these words come into here. They come into you. 
they come out of you. When Jesus was tempted, you know the whole story, right? When Jesus is tempted in Luke 3, Luke 4, three times, what did he respond to the devil's temptations to him? It is written, it is written, it is written. When I've been involved in casting out demons, it is amazing what happens if you quote the words of Jesus to demons. They cannot stand it. There is power in the words of Jesus. We pursue excellent, excellence by being biblically grounded. The next one, but there's also this other piece, the application of this goodness comes from the Spirit. It's the Spirit of Christ in us that enables us, that empowers us, that helps us to live it out. So slide 11 again, and then we'll be done. How could whatever is excellent, outstanding goodness, become part of your daily life? So here's the things I've been trying to say for the last seven weeks. Keep stepping into trusting Jesus. Trusting Jesus. Imitate Jesus. Choose to obey him from love. I am loved, will loved. Be open to beautiful transformations and live from the mind of Christ. Amen? We're gonna, we have two songs we're gonna end up with, and, and they're, they're really significant, beautiful songs. Could you sing them as you sing with a sense of outstanding goodness? And as you sing them, would you also think about the Dingamans? Because we'll try to connect the two. Let me offer a prayer, and then we're gonna sing two songs. Oh, Lord, our God, we pray this morning that your Holy Spirit will awaken to us, awaken within us all that is true about our Lord Jesus, his life, his character, his kingdom. We pray that you would shape our hearts so that we will love what is honorable and we will abhor what is disgraceful. They will live and act and speak rightly. We pray for a desire to turn from injustice into godliness that we would pursue purity and celebrate what is lovely and commendable. Our prayer, Lord, is that you'd help us to recognize what is excellent, what is of ultimate goodness, and help us to fall in love with excellence and to live in your power and your love so that our whole of our lives reflects you. Oh, Lord, our God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, help us to think these things. Help us to practice these things. And we pray, grant us your peace. May all we sing, say, and think and do be for the glory and praise of Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Amen.